0: Looks like we have the whole Van Eck team today, huh? Matthew, Kabor. Haven't had you haven't had you here in a while, man. How are you?
1: Oh good, good.
0: Party's on. That's an understatement of the century at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, things have been going quite well. I would I would imagine even maybe exceeding some of your expectations.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean it's kind of crazy, but uh, let's see. It's just the start, first month.
0: Yeah, I love that it aligns with the title. Why are you not bullish enough on Bitcoin? We're really going for the clicks here, right, Mario? That's the,
2: no, that's the lame title. No, who came up with that title? It should be like uh, all-time high. So, so Rand's show today was all about, will we get an all-time high before the halving? So maybe 80 all-time high before the halving? That's clickbaiting enough. There you go.
0: I wonder. I haven't actually looked, but I, I don't know the exact number. But I know that we're relatively close, within like twenty percent of the highest weekly close we ever had. Obviously, we had the Wicks up to the all-time highs, but uh, the, the candle closes were not much higher than where we are today. Maybe low sixties. We're getting pretty close. Pretty do, wild. Do, do you think? Do you think we can get an
2: all-time high before the halving?
0: I wouldn't say we can't. Uh, I personally don't expect it.
2: Because the the I'm just looking at the numbers now. The ETFs. Um, 14 second trays of inflows. What's the number? Oh, okay, it's a bit lower today. 4, 340 million. Because the, the grayscale outflows picked up 131. Um, I think yesterday was a really good day. Yesterday was like 650 million. If I got my numbers right, I'm just going to go back and check. So yesterday was 630 million of inflows. Today's about uh, just under just over half. So like extremely good, but um, no buts. It's extremely good.
0: Yeah, I, I don't so, see any bots there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, there's also... It's, I there's, think it's me, exceeding you, most people's expectations and you know, uh, doing yeah,
2: exceptionally well. Let me give you just a number. Now, uh, everyone misses your voice. You've been away for a few days, so I'll, I'll, I'll just shut up for a while. But uh, so it's, there's a tweet here. I'm not sure who it's by, uh, but Ryan was talking about it as well. Independent advisors control $8 trillion in assets. Survey shows 77% of them, I don't know who surveyed, 77% of them want to add Bitcoin to their portfolio, which is a pretty high number. Uh, but let's go with that. Seventy-seven percent of independent advisors, um, and they want to add an, an average of two to three percent allocation. So if you do the maths, then you're going to be seeing a, a total of one hundred and fifty billion dollars of inflows. I think we're at five billion right now. So if uh, going by those numbers, we're oh, there's Ryan. We're extremely, uh, extremely early, and I that kind of adds bull, to the I narrative. We'll
0: sit of- on those numbers. I
2: think that
3: that
0: narrative is correct. I call bullshit on those numbers, but maybe he can uh, tell me exactly where they come from. I don't know how, how what 77% of RIAs, I do not believe, are interested in adding 2 to 3%. I don't buy that in,
4: Independent RIAs, Scott. Independent RIAs. Oh. So not, not the yeah, big brokers and warehouses. Okay, these got are it. folks that really have the discretion. And I just want to give some context around that 2% allocation because 2% is Meta's weight in the SP 500, and Meta stock had a bigger peak to trough drawdown in 21, 22, than, than Bitcoin. So that argument, you know, starting to resonate with an increasing number of people who see digital assets as a hedge on FANG domination. So I, I don't think his numbers are, are completely out of whack.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's out of whack with the with the independent context. Sorry, I just heard RIAs in 77% and 2 to 3%. So that that seemed excessive.
5: Uh, I, I spoke about this a little bit on my show today. I said, like, it feels weird because we here we are, at like 52,000 or whatever the number is um, before the halving, we starting to get this race before the halving. The only thing is that retail is not here. Like uh, we know this Scott because we do like YouTube videos and I think YouTube videos are the best indicator of whether or not retail is, is in the market. And like retail is nowhere near here. I used to get uh, in the peak of the last bull market, I used to get fifteen to 20,000 people like live during the show. And like now we're still at like between – I don't know five and ten thousand live during the show. We're not even like like you're not even halfway to where we were.
0: Oh, so weren't you like you were like triple that in advance of the ETF, right? Yeah, it was I mean, massive.
5: Yeah, yeah, so I'm saying like the, the retail investor certainly isn't here yet, right? But then the institutional investor also isn't here yet. So this is like this is the this is the part where like this is the part that's like kind of baffling or not baffling, but like kind of like. It makes perfect sense, but I just don't think we fath- we can fathom it or we, we understand it. Retail is not yet in crypto, and institutions are also not here in crypto yet. They've only had one month to be getting themselves into Bitcoin. So then what happens when they do arrive?
0: Yeah, I think up only is the answer. It's interesting. I'm looking now. Bitcoin ETF total stats, total market cap 37 uh, 37 billion of all the ETFs, what I'm seeing. Obviously, right before the launch, I think GBTC was between 25 and 27. Some of this is a function of price rising. But still, you're effectively 10 billion up on market cap from when these launched uh, in total from what GBTC had. And GBTC itself is also now back up to $24.22 billion. I mean, this is a rousing success. You have BlackRock at $5.7 billion now. They're going to
5: be $6 billion. Remember, remember BlackRock, the, 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 the number go up because the number of Bitcoins going up. So the, so the reason why GBTC is up is because the price of Bitcoin. Price, yeah, that's up. what I
0: said. It's not more Bitcoin. It's a function of price yeah. also rising.
5: Correct. But I do think we should talk about what's going on in the title and that is the all-time high before the halving because I'm seeing a lot of it on Twitter but then I'm also seeing like a lot of like other things on Twitter which are saying that there's like the, the cycle. I mean, you probably know this better than I do, the golden break of the, uh, the 618 and if it happens from that point, I read a tweet where it says from that point, the all-time high usually happens 10 to 13 months after that. Um, and so a lot of people are calling for a, a much a much more aggressive, much quicker cycle this time around? I don't know, I don't know if, that, if that makes
0: sense. I mean, it, it makes sense. It, it's so hard, I think, to make those predictions. What he's talking about there, by the way, guys, is the drawdown from 69,000 to the lows at 15,460. Uh, the golden pocket is the 61.8% Fib retracement up to roughly a 65% retracement. That's 48,500 up to about 50,260. And usually at some point in the cycle before the halving, you see price retrace all the way back up to that level. That was like the 13,000, 14,000 level in the last cycle before dropping way back down. Well, now we're breaking through that, obviously, above that 50,261 level. So it's kind of giving the this time it's different vibes. How that's different, though, I think is relatively hard to predict, Rand.
6: Yeah, let me me chime in here, too. You know, I think every single cycle, I think this time is different because there's a different structural things that are... Uh, you know, that I believe make it a different cycle than previous cycles. And every single time it's the same cycle. So, you know, I do agree that there are vastly different things with this cycle. You know, the ETF flows are huge. So, you know, we're talking tens of trillions of dollars of capital locked up in these brokerages that before were never going to consider wiring money to Coinbase or Kraken, buying Bitcoin and, you know, maybe even managing the private key would be like a, a pretty remote possibility. But the whole process, the friction of just buying it with their existing, You know, bank account was pretty difficult versus like a one click, you know, I sold S&P 500 in my retirement account and I bought Bitcoin. And also the uh, I think what's really cool about the Bitcoin ETFs is it solves the unit bias problem. The unit bias problem for those who don't know what this is, is people feel like Bitcoin's too expensive because each Bitcoin is worth, you know, fifty two thousand dollars. Uh, when in reality, you know, if you look at the Bitcoin price times the market price, the number of coins or the supply, that's your market cap. They should be quoting market cap. But that leads to a bias where retail feels like Bitcoin's too expensive. So they buy coins that are denominated in smaller values or they, there's more decimals or there's there's more digits to the left of the decimal. So uh, the Bitcoin ETFs can, you know, when you buy one share, that's not one Bitcoin. It's like a part of a Bitcoin. So I think that's a huge, huge win. Um, you know, so again, like I said before, every time I think this time's different, this one does have an extremely huge pipe of liquidity that has been plugged into Bitcoin that we've never had before. So it is different structurally.
0: Structurally different. It's funny though. I've I've been seeing people make the argument that we can never see it. Listen, it reminds me of, we used to obviously Dan, I think you may have coined super cycle in the last one, but, uh, you know, we've had the conversation over and over again about this time. It's different, and we'll never see those seventy-five to eighty percent retraces again. People telling me that because of the ETFs, you can never have that again. As if, like, if price goes down and people start panic selling, they can't also sell the ETFs. So I just don't really understand the notion. Already sitting here at fifty-two thousand, that people are saying we can never have another sizable drop. There's just a million reasons that we can't. boy. I see you're giving me the hundred. You are at Van Eck, obviously, and you clearly agree, right?
1: Yeah, and Ben, i can, uh, an advisor on the strategy side for Tether. And so the uh, I, I agree with you. ETFs can also sell holdings. It, again, I think uh, we can see outflows. Um, there's, I, I think it's just a bullshit narrative. That we can't see outflows from ETFs. Uh, I, I don't believe that. Uh, the Yeah, um, one of the things that I'm looking at specifically is we have seen some estate sales that got absorbed into Bitcoin ETFs or some estate sales that are publicly known that's coming up um, particularly around uh, Genesis and and, and DCG. So I think that may have some uh, potential impact on the price although that uh, is, some of you guys know on the call, uh, a lot more Bitcoin is getting absorbed by the day. So I think we have some downside um, sort of like management because ETS are absorbing uh, some uh, capital from those estate sales but I specifically look at those as a potential trigger for the downside. I also think that Bitcoin has been pretty reactive to macro um and again uh if the macro environment changes bitcoin can go down and i don't think that bitcoin just has established itself yet as a full kind of store of value um in and again you guys might have different opinions on this but it has not established itself as a full hedge and store of value just yet as, as gold so uh I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more bearish than that. And sometimes if, te- if there's a technology um, correction, which I think NVIDIA and some of the tech sector- sectors have just has gotten ahead of itself. And I think Bitcoin has a little bit of a potential to correct with it. And it doesn't matter whether, whether there are ETFs or not. Um, so just bear that and you know, keep that. Yeah,
0: I, you just mentioned something. I think it, it was one of the bigger news stories. So it's worth mentioning that Genesis effectively has been cleared to sell 1.3 billion in GBTC shares um, we saw FTX obviously sell about a billion right at the beginning. I To me, this is effectively a nothing burger with the inflows that we're seeing. 1.3 billion amounts to one and a half to two days of the early GBTC selling that we saw on the market, right, which was a very temporary sort of headwind. So as much as I think it's a news story, Matthew, I see you lifted your mic, as much as I think it's a news story, I think that would be an extremely temporary headwind.
4: Yeah, I just want to add to that. The proposed Chapter 11 settlement uh, requires Genesis to repay creditors in kind. Uh, So, you know, that may uh, stop some of the fears of like imminent selling, right? But I, I think the big story, my roadmap is still that we don't see all time highs until uh, after after the halving and maybe around the election. But uh, it, the most notable thing in the market from my perspective is that the correlations between Bitcoin and other risk assets have dropped significantly. So Bitcoin is giving these new buyers, ETF buyers, the jolt to performance that they were hoping for uh, in a way that is additive to investor risk profiles uh, because it adds diversification. Um, I also just wanted to, to highlight like, um, Bitcoin and ETH dominance have been rising, but there are certain uh, pockets of digital asset ecosystem here that are acting very, very well. Um, so just wanted to like highlight a deep dive that we just published on the intersection of, of crypto and AI. It's on my pinned tweets. And we're theorizing that blockchains provide foundational elements that artificial intelligence needs, like transparency, immutability, clearly defined ownership properties, uh, an adversarial testing environment. And, you know, the internet has forever enabled these open source communities to thrive by bringing together hobbyists, enthusiasts who are uniquely motivated to improve things. And those open source environments have already shattered traditional business models like Wikipedia uh, and mainstream news. So why won't the same phenomenon occur in the AI market, especially with recent cryptographic innovations like ZK proofs? Uh, we've published this extremely deep dive on how open source blockchains are uniquely positioned to capture value from this trend. This may be offensive to the Bitcoin maxis, but um, you know there is significant innovation going on across the space. I still think Bitcoin is uh, the, the tail that, that wags this whole dog, but if the dominance from these uh, large caps uh, keeps rising, th- there will be on the other side, the ferocious altcoin rally as well, just pointing out that reality.
0: My assumption on the all-time high, by the way, aligns perfectly with yours based on you know previous cycles. But Ryan, I want to go to you. Maybe we'll have to change the title now, Mario. I don't know, but I want to pivot because Matthew just really gave a nice segue into the other things outside of Bitcoin and Bitcoin spot ETFs that are probably worth discussing. Obviously, you write your thesis every year; we've all read it. But uh, I mean, do you align with what Matthew's saying in regard to AI and crypto, and what other narratives uh, potentially are you watching now as uh, the spot ETF? You know, hype. I, I won't say necessarily cools down because the inflows are massive, but but the news.
3: Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I think um, the uh, the themes from the thesis haven't really changed. I think um, decentralized social, uh, decentralized physical infrastructure networks, particularly those that are at the intersection of crypto and AI, um, uh, are probably you know two of the biggest um, two and a half of the the biggest trends for the year. Uh, when it comes to enterprise or institutional adoption. I do think it's going to be mostly Bitcoin and then maybe partially uh, Ethereum. And we're, we're more or less in a holding pattern for at least another 12 months, at least in the US um, and, and possibly in Europe too, um, with respect to assets beyond that. Uh, and that's just given the hostility of the SEC. Um, but I think uh, the the intersection of crypto and AI, you know, as as our policymakers get younger, I don't even want to say smarter. I think we just need generation change at this point, but as they get um, younger and more tech le- technically proficient and, and, and at least their staff get more tech savvy, um, we're going to see, I think, more of this narrative that you know crypto is a solution and, and kind of a counterweight and a, a necessary yin to AI's yang um, if we're talking about sources of truth and, and kind of reliable truth. So, um that's you know i i think our team's pretty bullish on that there's not that many projects that have crypto tokens that are in that sector so i i would i wouldn't be surprised to see some things get wildly overheated and, and overhyped uh and just become kind of almost like meme coins in their own right i'm not gonna name names but um but I think that narrative will divorce from reality a little bit with some of these AI related crypto tokens. That doesn't change the general trend. Uh, and we've seen that you know every single cycle so far.
0: Well, then let me ask you a question because that, that, that aligns with something I've been saying a lot. It feels like the AI crypto intersection is definitely happening, but early RWA feels like happening, but early D-PIN happening, but early. Are these going to be... The narratives that we sort of see have their DeFi summer, NFT summer moment this cycle, but that really are far more compelling three or four years down the road as we see uh, where they can actually go. Just feels like these are the early narratives and this will be the first cycle where they'll kind of wash through as you described.
5: Yeah, also, I mean, just, just sorry, going back to Ryan's point, just before you answer the question, in terms of crypto and AI, um, and, I, and I'm going to say I'm, I'm very, very, very bullish on the sector. But are there any projects today that, that have got any kind of ability to be used properly yet? And I'm not asking this facetiously. I'm asking this because I'm, you know, I'm genuinely trying to find like, a use case for crypto and AI.
4: There are 100% are. Uh, I encourage you to go through our report where we have a table with KPIs for some of those larger projects and disclose some of our uh, ownership interests. But, um, you know, just as Red Hat was born to uh, facilitate the maintenance of the open source uh, Linux kernel, so there are a number of players that are fostering, um, you know, the building of open source LLMs to compete with with the big fang offerings, and in our model, we assume only that these blockchain-produced AI models will capture five percent of AI software revenues. Um, that would still correspond to you know, a six billion-dollar market. Uh, so, the answer is yes to your question.
5: Um, so, I mean, I think I looked at the report. I, mean, I actually even mentioned the report today, Masha. I didn't have a, a very Big report, but I mean, just interested. Maybe if we can talk about some of the projects, one or two, just talking and get, get a feel for it.
4: Yeah, um, I mean, the one that we uh, highlight—I uh, guess there's two that we highlight in detail. One is a uh, is BitTensor, uh, which uh, we think has the potential to be um, the uh, biggest player in. Uh, soliciting open source LLM models. Uh, and then uh, the other is a is a private company called uh, Together Compute, which is a, a decentralized cloud platform uh, for open source AI models. They've signed really interesting agreements with university labs who are more inclined to want to build on customizable uh, open source LLMs rather than using an off-the-shelf offering from Microsoft, or uh, and in, together just you know raised their Series A. It was a it was a 10x from the seed round. Uh, the performance of their uh, open source LLM is uh, highly competitive with centralized offerings um and so they could be that you know red hat in the space if uh if this uh, evolves uh, as we see um you know another which i think has been well discussed on on your channels is is render another decentralized gpu network which is more suited for um image rendering less so for actually building large language models uh but they do have uh, an offering in the space, which is widely used. And I felt one of the interesting things about Render is that there are third parties who are using the Render network to offer um, uh, service levels to clients like movie studios. And that to us speaks to a vibrant uh, B2B community, which crypto has not typically been associated with. But when you uh, introduce AI, uh, it is better suited for.
0: Yeah. Just want to circle back because I wanted, I do want to hear Ryan's uh, opinion on, on what I mentioned before, if this is a, this cycle thing or if we're really just seeing the first iterations of these.
3: I think AI is so hot right now that, that people are going to try to use anything um, whether it's, you know, centralized or decentralized. So my point about the, reality um being behind the the narrative that that's probably true in general uh, across ai right now just given the demand and 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 where it is in the type cycle but i think it's probably especially true um within crypto since there's only a handful of projects that are are truly like ai centered um i think that's going to change i think you'll see more more projects kind of lean into that ai narrative this year and then it'll be you know it'll be up to the uh individual investor to parse fact versus fiction and, and and what's actually going to move the needle i think there's you know a, a couple of you know promising projects like TAO uh which our team has, has written about quite a bit um uh akash uh network you know some of these um uh other D-Pen adjacent you know kind of you know rendering and kind of streaming uh infrastructure projects like live peer and and render There's a lot of adjacencies, but I don't know that there's any pure plays right now that are um, that are are totally obvious and kind of fundamentally uh, driven right now. Versus, you know, people just kind of meme these uh, develop memes around these assets and and you know are uh, putting them all in the basket of this is going to catch fire just because AI is hot and the intersection of the two is is going to be the most liquid way to play this, unless you're just buying Nvidia stock at two trillion dollars.
0: Yeah, this reeks of, you know, Long Island blockchain iced tea to me. I just remember in the, in the previous, you know, when you just kind of jump on the hot narrative and put it in your name and say, we're now an AI project. I remember those pivots in the last cycle when DeFi got hot. And all of yeah. a sudden, every single layer one, you get the founder hitting you up on Telegram, like, oh, here's our new DeFi platform. Here's our new NFT platform. Oh, we're metaverse now, right? I feel like we're just going to see everybody pivoting to finding a way to convince us that they're an AI pro- project.
3: Totally agree. Uh, and one quick thing, I, I figured I'd break it here. I'm not doing any other podcast today, but we just launched a, uh, a new product. i sorry, basically a new customizable uh, home screen. That is uh, three product releases baked into one. So I think people are going to like it if they want to head on over and check it out. Uh, essentially, the work of uh, the last 18 months from our team. So um,
0: That's amazing. Heard it can here we, first. Do you have a tweet on it we can pin? Uh, I'll happily uh, yeah. pin it above if you'd like. Yeah, here, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go uh, just, check it I out. I just I'll announced it.
3: it at ten thirty, um, and so you know we're we're going to be walking people through all the all the features, but it's it's pretty pretty loaded. And um, I am otherwise going to be all over Twitter, but not doing any pods or interviews today. So heard it here first. I just Explicit pinned it above. Is it. that the right tweet?
0: The launch day tweet. I just pinned it above so people can yep. go uh, check that out. But there there you go from from your tweet.
3: Perfect. Um, Always a pleasure, guys.
0: Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, Along those lines, I mean, do do anyone else feel free to jump in? I do have this fear that a lot of these narratives are going to, we're just going to be exceptionally early. I I mean, Rand, does that align with what you're thinking? I just can't imagine that we see some huge viable AI project emerge in the next year while this cycle is hot.
5: So, uh, like, I must. I started reading the the report. I haven't finished the Bandic report. I've been doing a lot of digging into the AI narrative, and I am bullish. That, I mean, I'm a, I'm a holder of Render. I'm very much a holder of BitTenza. I've been holding BitTenza since under 100 bucks, um, or just sorry, just over 100 bucks actually, um, uh, and many, many, many other crypto projects. And the reality is, when I look at the projects, I don't think we'll see any results from any of these projects to do with anything to do with AI in the cycle. I'm going to be like, yes, they're building. And yes, the BitTensor uh, structure of building the the LLMs with the individual chains um, uh, is very, very, very interesting. And I've seen some of the use cases, but I don't know if any of these AI crypto players are going to have any kind of result in cycle. And if they, I mean, maybe let me define cycle. If we're talking about cycle as the next 400, 500 days, I don't know how many of these projects are going to get real real world adoption or even crypto world adoption other than uh, buying for price or if any of them do some kind of airdrop or whatever else, some kind of airdrop. Just seeing where the technology is and, and knowing what is required to get people to use technology all of them are a long way away. And even Render, which is, by the way, a token that I've been holding since the previous cycle and, and, and still holding and haven't sold a single token. But I don't see any way in hell that Render does anything to do with AI in this cycle. Like, I don't see it rendering models. I don't see the use case of, of, of real companies using the marketplace to use GPUs to, to render. I don't see any of that happening in this cycle. I may be wrong. Uh, and, and to be honest, if I, if I was wrong, it would be the best, uh, the best s- uh, scenario for me because I'm invested in all of these projects. And that would mean that things are happening much quicker than, than we thought. But I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I just don't see it happening this cycle. I've got to be honest, guys. Like I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to be the one to, to put the wet blanket on the fire here, but I just don't see it happening in this cycle
4: and yet I'm you still really own happy. your and so yet you still own your tokens because you know fundamental in a bull run uh, people are looking at what's going to be happening next cycle but like on the topic of render and right. someone just <laughs> replied to the tweet here like they have a new um, proposal that allows for the network to support foundational training runs uh, they have a new uh, compute client that is aiming to be the inference solution for AI in blockchain so I mean there is there are things happening and you can you can look at the activity it's small but it's the
5: there i agree with you and i mean just to, to answer your question when i invest in these projects I'm, i invest for multiple cycles i mean as, as i mentioned to you i've been holding render since 57 cents in the in the last cycle not this cycle so for me it's, I'm, I'm not the type of investor that's investing for number go up sell on top of cycle i've actually taken some fundamental bets on on protocols that i think are really going to change the world this is why i took a, a bet on bit 10s or now early and to be honest i'm not really someone who's going to be trying to time the cycle to get out in those kind of tokens. So uh, my expectations, my expectations aren't, and and the next part of it is to say that even if this thing is passed with render by the time it gets implemented and then actually gets used by real companies to make a real difference. I don't see it happening in the cycle. I wish it does, but I just think it might not.
0: By the way, I don't think that's a negative thing. Like the, what we're saying, I think it's just reality with how long it takes to build something and garner any sort of adoption, right? I mean, that that's just my opinion. I'm just curious which ones from previous cycles now, if we had the DeFi summers of previous cycles and NFTs, which part of those are going to really gain? actual adoption in this cycle since we're already getting excited about things that probably won't hit until next cycle. Maybe it's a good time then to pivot to what's being built on Bitcoin since we have Ryan here as well. I'm sure you're pretty deep in that, Dan. um, All of this building on Bitcoin, is that a this cycle narrative or is this the first iteration for future cycles? Dan, you can go ahead and Ryan, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. I don't know if Dan heard, but Ryan, what do you think of all the building on Bitcoin that's happening right now?
3: I think oh, it's long overdue. Um, and, you know, I, I think things like, um, you know, ordinals and and just stacks, uh, a couple of others. Um, we're kind of all alone for a while building on Bitcoin, but I, I think last year was the spark and, and this year you'll see a lot of follow through um, partly because, the Bitcoin blockchain is, is perceived as safer um, when it comes to, you know, kind of mainstream adoption in some cases, um, more importantly, it's just under, under levered uh, or, or under leveraged. When you think about being able to, to uh, capitalize on Bitcoin's network security and the uniqueness that it has being secured as a proof of work network. Um, I think the Bitcoin L2s and, and some of the development on Bitcoin, it's it's mostly going to be just bridging to other networks. I don't know that there's novel things that you'll be able to do on a Bitcoin L2 that you can't do on, you know, Optimism or Arbitrum or Solana necessarily. But you're essentially just trying to leverage the liquidity and the security that's in that ecosystem. Um, and so I, I, I think that it's just an underdeveloped area that's just at its very, very beginning of um uh, not just a hype cycle, but just, you know, adoption in general and seeing more teams build there. So I think last year was the spark. This year's the follow through. And then, you know, like everything else, I, I expect this year to get pretty toppy and euphoric um, on that typical four-year hype cycle schedule.
0: Yeah, the, the amount of new projects I'm seeing pitched, uh, Metaverse on Bitcoin, NFT on Bit- you know, all of them, it, there's hundreds of them. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good thing. I mean, that's what we see any time, you, you know, you have to have 100 try and fail to see one or two succeed. But uh, that is a huge hype cycle right now. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry, caught you before.
6: Yeah, I've been talking about DeFi on top of Bitcoin for over three years now, where, you know, I've been working with, for example, Taproot Wizards, uh, Trust Machines, which is Muneeb and Uh, muneeb's company it's sort of like a consensus for bitcoin like building on top of all bitcoin layers that existed you know over the last couple of years and i've never seen you know we all thought that building on bitcoin made sense if you want to build a dap like look bitcoin doesn't have a lot of the functionality that you need and not, not nearly as expressive or um you know useful as like ethereum and solana in terms of smart contracts and what you can do on it but it is the biggest app store that you could go build on because of the number of users, potential users. You've got a trillion dollars locked up in Bitcoin, which is larger than everything else combined. If there's some way to utilize those assets to be used in, in DeFi, you know, this would be a huge, massive change in the crypto ecosystem. Ordinals move the Overton window. I think a lot of people were pretty shocked with Ordinals and what you could do with Bitcoin. Um, you know, NFT volume for Bitcoin is sometimes higher than Ethereum which is pretty wild considering like there's very few ways to interact with Bitcoin uh, NFTs. Like you have to, there's only like three wallets that are predominant wallets out there. Um, the user experience is still a little clunky, but that's where the alpha is. If the, you're there when the user experience is clunky, then when they make it nice and smooth and polished and BRC20s are traded on, on Kraken and Coinbase, then you've missed out on some of that alpha. So there's a ton of things going on right now in the Bitcoin ecosystem